0: So, Baru, how have you been?
1: Uh, well, do you, do you know that feeling you get when you've been depressed and you've been eating nothing but junk food for weeks, weeks, months even, and then you take your first bite of a, of a stick of celery and it's the best tasting thing that you've ever had in your fucking life?
0: Okay, you lost me if that second half, but yes, go on.
1: <laughs> well, I watched a movie called The Card Counter recently. <laughs>
0: and and was The Card Counter your sick your stick of celery?
1: <laughs> it was a bit of a stick of celery, I got to say. I mean, it certainly had peanut butter and raisins on top, but you know, it was still it was still a, a healthful time. Yeah, I wanted to uh, kind of come in and process about um taking a look at uh, Paul Schrader's new movie The Card Counter, which is a a kind of sort of follow-up to First Reformed, which is a kind of sort of follow-up to Taxi Driver.
0: Which, yeah, I was going to say, it's it's really um, another in the Paul Schrader extended universe of that kind of guy movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Movies about that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> movies about that one fucking guy. And Paul Schrader... It would be kind of I think it would be kind of a stretch to insinuate that he is that guy, but I think he wants to under more so he wants to understand that guy. And
0: he he his work comes off as if it comes from a place of maybe understanding how one could be that guy.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But but wanting to interrogate like I uh like what being that guy would mean. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a sort of there but for the grace of god go i mentality uh which allows him both a a good level of you know like empathy for his subjects without maybe without the over-identification with the subjects that those kinds of films can sometimes have
1: yeah absolutely and i think that's been kind of a learning curve for for him as a writer for certain i mean taxi driver i have kind of issues with that like i am all for the intent of Taxi Driver as a work, but in the thing about art is that intent um, kind of gets lost, and uh, sometimes you make a movie and someone watches it and decides to try to kill the president, which was based, I don't want to come across, like, the guy that tried to kill Reagan very based one way or another should have aimed higher <laughs> should have aimed higher <laughs> like r- regardless of whether he was doing it for pedophile reasons um that was uh that was a very good moment uh and something that Paul Schrader uh really contributed to society um i don't i don't want to insinuate so paul schrader is a man and he is yeah. an he is an old man and he is an old white man uh <laughs> And these who are posts
0: all... on Facebook.
1: <laughs> who posts a lot on Facebook? Oh man, we'll get into that. Uh but these are all very important things to consider when we understand that like he's not not an idiot and if someone were to really grill me and ask me why I have uh so much patience for him as opposed to other, you know, of the same kind of genre and and cadre of directors, I wouldn't really have an answer for you other than he made Mishima
0: yeah, I mean that's that. Go, that goes a long way.
1: It really does for me. <laughs> I really enjoyed the card counter. I thought it was really fucking good. Um, Jay, you were you were a fan of First Reformed. How did how did you kind of fare with with Card Counter? Or I remember I remember you being a fan of First Reformed. Oh, right? I,
0: I I am. I I really liked it. I I feel like we have a, a differing thing in that I I like First Reformed a lot more than Card Counter, mm-hmm. but I still like Card Counter. And I think you said card counter gave you what you felt first reformed was missing,
1: yes, um, which is actually doing actually doing the thing, although I really want to rewatch first reformed because I think I would have a much more um sort of nuanced kind of take on it, right, because first reformed has this sort of ambiguity to it, uh sorry for spoilers uh ambiguity to it as far as kind of whether he does you know what he says what he does. Do
0: yeah i i the thing I like about first reformed is so and get you know you can you can tell me if that's wrong versus card counter where I feel like it's sort of is a question of what do you do in the face of your own demonstrably evil actions in the yeah. name of empire first reformed is sort of. What do you do with the feeling of hopelessness in the face of demonstrably evil actions of the Empire rather than as a participant in it? Yeah. Uh, So I I would say First Reformed is like the the guilt of, am I being a bystander? Do I need to be doing more? Is the only option death for myself and and, and the villains around me? And First Reformed is sort of more these people aren't gonna these people are, are still going to be alive in our society and what is it that we could possibly hope to see come from them still being members of our society yeah. Like, um, I, 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 I think it's it's interesting in that they both sort of start at uh, not even coming to the question of like you know like can anything be done and first reformed it's like no fucking of course not Uh, and in you know card counter it's not coming to the question of can you ever be forgiven because again a fucking course not (laughs) yeah and I really like that it's like okay so like if that question you know question asked and answered it sort of does the both of those films deal with the like okay so what next
1: yeah absolutely
0: And, and I feel like first reformed maybe gets more at the psychology of that sort of feeling than uh card counter does mm-hmm. and in both cases i feel like both films don't necessarily have an answer because it, they both sort of start at the idea that like these aren't these aren't questions with answers
1: yeah a hundred thousand percent uh I, I i completely agree and i'm totally with you there I'm like i am t- I would almost call Card Counter like a sequel or like a response or whatever to First Reformed in the sense that like First Reformed is the situation where you're kind of witnessing the radicalization process. Whereas uh, Card Counter, it's like he's already gone through so much of his sort of emotional, you know, of his sort of emotional growth around like his own contributions and his own uh kind of torturing of people his own crimes his own you know sins and things like that uh like you you get this sense like first reformed is like somebody kind of falling into radicalism and then like card counter is like what you get after the radicalism which is like this person who is still really like struggling with themselves, but has kind of reconciled their powerlessness but is like aware of the fucked upness but is also like Yolo, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I think that makes for like a severely interesting character. Um, you know, as far as where I'm, as far as where I like, where I'm coming at the movie from, uh, and where like I'm concerned, like I thought that like the character having this kind of like guilt complex and like all the things that Paul Schrader says in interviews about how the card the card counting lifestyle is like this kind of half living. You know uh it's it's not really active, it's kind of passive uh and it's kind of dissociative as well uh that's something that I find like really kind of self evidently interesting in mm. in the context of someone who's uh dealing with like extreme extreme guilt. want to point out that like paul Paul himself says that like there's not really specifically any torture scenes in the movie, um but there's scenes where you like you can tell that torture is happening and i really have such a deep appreciation for the fact that like in those scenes you don't really like you can see kind of glimpses of the torture that like the inmates are experiencing but it's more about like torturing the audience with this like insanely anamorphic lens that just makes you feel super motion sick uh and like you're about to fall, like the way that people's like legs kind of warp into the bottom of the frame is like super. Yeah. It's so sickening. It's like the audience is getting tortured the whole time. It's really interesting.
0: It, I, I feel like it's also on a on a formal level. It's definitely they're using this sort of if you've ever watched like YouTube VR videos without a VR headset, that's what yeah. they look like. And so it's very obvious that they were essentially using cameras that are intended for that normally to just create a completely distorted effect this basically the idea of uh stuff that is filmed to be immersive but completely removed from what would make it immersive so it just makes it hyper dissociative feeling instead
1: yeah yeah a hundred a hundred percent um and,
0: and yeah the the soundtrack in every one of those scenes is just fucking uh is so fucking brutal
1: yeah yeah like the fact that it's kind of inflicting the torture on you as opposed to like the sort of you know diegetic sort of inmates or whatever is 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 really fucking cool and it, it seems like a much more purposeful uh choice than paul's usual kind of idiosyncratic stuff right like yeah yeah, and sometimes sometimes paul will shoot a scene in black and white just to shoot it in black and white because
0: <laughs> cause he wants to because he's, he's like i think it looks neat yeah
1: because <laughs> uh, he's like it's cool man fun to see uh him working with willem dafoe again uh obviously um but like the the other the other parts of this cast were also really uh really crucial um i mean like i i, I thought tiffany tiffany haddish was fucking great
0: I was I was about to bring her up because I casting her to play literally the most normal human being on earth. Yeah. Perfect. Like she's so perfect in the role and it's like really impressive how much she stands out precisely because she's just a normal person. Like she is yeah. the the platonic ideal of a coworker. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and like the way that she kind of stands out among like especially kind of the other like poker champ guys. I god, I really thought a lot of the sort of like side stuff, like the America, the, like the clearly like the really trumpy guys who are like yeah, in the winning all the poker championships and like the fucking the guy who like during the championship like stands up and takes his shirt off and is just like I can't do this anymore. Uh, that stuff is like a really fun and really interesting like as much as I think Paul just kind of wanted to hang out in casinos for a while it's also like a genuine kind of unflinching sort of look at what casino culture is and how actually how little fun people are having at these events
0: it's it's, it's very it's very much so that sort of classic cinema thing of just like Oh, you learned, like, as much about these kinds of scenes as possible and what you came back with from it, though. It's just that it's, like, oh, it just, like, it sucks. Yeah. Like, that in which they break down that it's, like, yeah, like, all the big poker players are just forever in debt.
1: Oh, God, yeah. It's really, it's pretty depressing. I feel like the only thing that would have made it less depressing is if, like, furries just kind of showed up and started, like, <laughs> party crashing the blackjack table, which is, like, a thing that happens at BLFC. Uh, it's really fun to... Itself, it's like self-evidently fun to watch a like dyed hair like twink beat a bunch of like old men who do this all the time. You know I, I, what I mean? A dyed
0: hair twink in like a custom Kigurumi.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's the only thing that the card counter was really missing was that. I I,
0: I would have loved a scene of him sitting forlornly at the uh, Ellen at the Ellen machine. <laughs> The, it, the infamous the the, the, the the for some reason just completely infamous at this point ellen machine like <laughs> i have mentioned that machine to people who don't go to furry con- furry cons and they know about that machine because it's crazy just like, it's like infamous i guess even in like casino culture <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's just like a particularly bad one or what it's just it just is so garish and stands out so much like in any space that it's in
1: you stand there and you're like why the heck does Ellen DeGeneres have a slot machine this is so funny and so silly and then two seconds later you're down five hundred dollars
0: yeah and then and then a gun comes out of the machine and it robs you
1: (laughs) and then you get workplace abused yeah (laughs) I I don't know I I just really I just really appreciated it as as this sort of basic like morality play thing that paul is so obsessed with doing um i liked the scene where he threatens the kid uh with torture it's
0: Uh, so so good because it reveals that like another driving factor of his guilt and why he sort of places these restraints on himself in his life is because he's like you know the the whole spiel he gives where he's like i i was good at it like he's like he's like he's like, like yeah, like like yeah, just like just like kid, like the reason I've been trying to shy you away from this is cuz the thing you need to realize is that like we did this because we fucking could. Mhm. Like you you can't like yeah, the guys at the top, you know, all got away without taking any accountability. But like you me and your dad did this shit because like we fucking wanted to and we were good at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, how do you reckon with the fact that like your life's calling is torture and causing and not only pain. do you have like
0: yeah like not only do you have a capacity for evil but you have acted on that capacity for evil and you liked it
1: yeah it it was like something that you got like you got on the horse immediately and you were like super good at it and I, yeah you know which is a
0: yeah
1: yeah it which is obviously a lot um but i don't know i i i just think there was a lot of a lot of the movie had to say that was really interesting about how about like obviously how people kind of take the fall like the 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 folks in the Abu Ghraib photographs. Who, yeah. Like, let's be clear here. Those those are evil photos of evil people doing evil deeds. Uh, and at the same time, like. Card Counter brings up a very good point about the, how the people in the photos got in trouble and the people who told them to do the things that they're doing in the photos really. Yeah, the people never, who put them
0: in the photos
1: never got in trouble. Got yeah. promotions, got retirement. Like I
0: no I was I mean. blown away at how just blatantly documentary this the film would get sometimes about that stuff. Just like newsreel footage, just straight up open facts about like, hey, here are like the the people who did this and got away with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe now is a good time to kind of talk a little bit about his um, his wonderful online presence on Facebook.com.
0: As immortalized on a Twitter account. My- a, a, a presence so infamous that there is a Twitter account dedicated to documenting it.
1: Yeah, literally. I enter unwashed into a world that disrespects me and despises my values. Just... Oh... Just some real drill tweet shit.
0: Just him posting a picture of the main actors of Card Counter flipping off the camera (laughs) (laughs) and said, what the actors of my new movie think of me, which implies that they sent him that photo. (laughs) That they just took the photo and sent it to him. (laughs) His
1: post on 9-11 of 2021, like, never forget. But let's hear what Paul has to say. I've uh-huh. always been baffled by those who have transformed the most successful terrorist attack in history into an America the Great moment. It's the same, t- it's the same thinking that transformed Jesus Christ into a capitalist. Paul! It's 9-11! Yeah. <laughs> Why are you posting this? It's on the day... Uh, it's the day! But, like, that, I don't know, that also, like, reflexively gives me so much respect for him, because that's so fucking funny to say.
0: Yeah, uh, and he's, he's so... like not wrong. He's not. Yeah, no. He's he's like he's not wrong.
1: <laughs> I... someone, someone replied. <laughs> someone replied like, "This is how you promote a fucking movie." <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so fucking funny.
0: Such a big old man brain <laughs> that's <it's> very wrinkled.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's had fo- he's had posts deleted from. uh facebook for having the n-word in them where he was like ugh, he was like discussing some like racist shit that like he and his friends did in the you know 60s or whatever and it's ugh, it's just like man you you really want him to like understand uh, i don't know it, it's 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 kind of this like double-edged sword where it's like you you, you want him to uh maybe be a little bit more realistic and a little bit more of a part of this world, but his brain is just so
0: interesting. And, the like, it's, it's, he, he really has just this, like, I, the, so... Part of my other thing of, like, why does Paul write guys like that is, like, I don't think it's necessarily... I think the part of them where it's, like, the reason he writes guys like that is because he relates to them. And I think it has a lot less to do with, like, their capacity for evil. And I think it has a lot more to do with, like, they all kind of talk with the same affectation Paul has. Which is, like, just does not understand social norms. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, does not... Like, just inappropriate social affect
1: is there even a way to be appropriate on social media, you know? And I think that's something, like, something that I kind of said in our discard is, is ostensibly that, like, I, I give him a little bit more leeway on, on certain things because it's very kind of, cl- kind of clear the whole time that he's talking that, like, he has no idea how he feels about the yeah. shit that he is saying. <laughs> or, like, the shit that he's talking about and exploring. And, like, he clearly, like, that conflict carries over to his attitudes on social media and what social media is and and how he kind of tends to get wrangled by you know production companies and things like that for saying genuinely crazy shit
0: no he he is is that sort of rare director where i can appreciate stuff he does well writer and director i can appreciate stuff he does precisely because it it's such an unfinished thought Yeah, like 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 I said, like with both First Reformed and the other one, you know, he puts out these questions that don't have answers because he's like aware that they're questions without answers. So he's just like, well, you know, he's like, there's there's no other way to really investigate or like feel these things out other than to put them out there as a conversation. And the medium of art and and film is a great way to put them out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Sidebar,
0: very funny to me how the trailer how the trailers for this movie advertised it
1: (sighs) yeah i mean
0: so if if you haven't seen them at home uh we're talking about you know the fact that like you know a pretty big theme in this is obviously abu Ghraib war crime you know he, he he is a war criminal who is basically living as a guy who who gambles and keeps as low of a profile as possible essentially because he's just disassociative and numb and it's like that's you know he 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 did better in prison because it was a place where he felt like he was being punished as he deserved um and the ads for this film make it look like that era of movies when there was like 700 casino heist movies that came out
1: yeah, it, the <laughs> like ad makes it looked look like, kind of like Ocean's Eleven, which is it, like really it not. It looked like
0: there was gonna be some like ah, I'm keeping a low profile because I've got my next big racket coming, right? Uh, and you know, it's like ah, what's what are these secrets he has? You know, like ah, is this gonna be is this gonna be a, a fun mystery thriller? And then in like the first fifteen minutes of the film, it's just like oh no, he's a he's a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> that's it there's nothing deeper than that he's a war criminal
1: yeah it's like god imagine if you walked into oceans 11 and like the first shot was just this like uncompromisingly horrific shot of abu Ghraib, you know what i mean yeah like really different vibe uh yeah a lot of people don't really uh, i don't know like paul seems seems really interested in, um in this kind of career stage to do you know, smaller budget things that he gets final caught on. There was a whole snafu with, uh, you know, uh, with with a Nicolas Cage movie that he made that got, you know, butchered, essentially, uh, that kind of got him on this tip. And I, I, I think it's really good. I, I think these are, like, you know, re- really good turns for him. And also, uh, it's... <laughs> it's hard to see like the bad trailer problem kind of kind of rearise. you know what i mean
0: yeah i i i have been this will be a rant i'll go on someday and i'm sure their trailers have gotten so bad mm-hmm. well well i i'm gonna make you go see antlers when it comes out because we can definitely talk about on that because antlers had a pre-covid trailer and then it had a post-covid trailer and, like, you put them up against each other, and the first one is so good, and the second one is so bad. And I don't know <laughs> if it's going to be a good or bad movie, but, like, I know which trailer got me interested in seeing it. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like when I see trailers now, I have to try to figure out it what the movie is actually going to be because you can just like the trailers are just sloppy they both reveal too much and also like not anything about the film they're all structured they all try to like restructure a film to hit certain plot beats it's kind of into
1: people's idea of like what xyz movie is gonna be you know what i mean give directors final cut on both the movie and the trailer maybe but yeah i don't know i can't i can't really look into the minds of producers and production companies or whatever
0: yeah, I have I have no idea. Like, really, honestly, I don't know a lot about what goes into the production end of of trailers. Um, I'm sure that it's just because we're in a weird moment right now where they don't really know what people want to see in theaters, and so they're just kind of throwing and trying to fit trailers into trailers that were successful before. Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, rich people are probably feeling. Feeling a little bit of anxiety right now like you know what are, what are people they like? should
0: yeah <laughs> but <laughs> not di- for this reason
1: <laughs> <laughs> they damn well should be uh because like yeah, i don't know what do people want to see there's this whole there's some sort of article where some some rich idiot was like oh we're pivoting to you know family friendly wholesome that's what that's what the people want that's what we think the people want it's escapism family wholesome shit and it's just like okay good luck (laughs) like i i personally yeah i don't know i i guess i can't speak for anybody else i'm in the mood to have my like brain scooped out by an ice cream scooper by every movie that i see you know what i mean like i i don't know but uh, whatever you can whatever just sell the card counter as ocean's 11 fuck it you know
0: i i think the thing that's really funny about that too is that it's like You know, talking to people who have kids and stuff, and who want to see family-friendly movies. The thing about that is that they're not—they don't really want to go see movies in theaters right now, because they can just watch movies at home with their kids, yeah, for like way cheaper.
1: (laughs) Oh, way less hassle. Your kid isn't like screaming in the middle of the theater and pissing everybody off, like
0: yeah. No, it's 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 such a like you know that's that's sort of part of the big reason why the 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 sort of ways in which a lot like you know disney is getting sued for for shifting to streaming and violating a bunch of contracts is be precisely because the fact that like yeah a lot of people are going to be taking that if it's an option yeah and you know there's, there's there can be all kinds of arguments about whether or not they should yada 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 but it's a thing where it's like, if that's like what you're trying to, to pivot to, that's like not, those are not the kind of movies that people are seeing in theaters right now.
1: I really like the card counter. I really want more movies like the card counter. And I, I don't know how to, uh... It's it seems like as the movie kind of business gets a little bit more tenuous, it's either, you know, I'm either going to get a lot more like the card counter or absolutely nothing like this is going to happen ever again. <laughs> The card counter obviously kind of has this thing going on where Chekhov's gun basically goes off you know what i mean yeah i feel i feel a little conflicted about that and i i actually i mean i re- I have uh i i lented paul's book from the library on, on transcendental style and film uh which you can get at your local library prob probably i don't fucking know
0: i mean i feel i feel like if there would. Like a decent, decent size or selection, maybe.
1: Yeah. I don't.
0: I feel. I feel like Schrader's a pretty, pretty mainstream-ish director that that's got to be accessible in a lot of places.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: You know, he's like, he's like, if you're, if he's like, if you're someone who's into movies in any sense, you know, if you dig a little, like, an inch of grime deeper than Scorsese, you're gonna get Schrader.
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. So. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I, I. just cracked into it, but I have kind of in advance, kind of like looked up a lot of his points and a lot of interviews about, uh, kind of what he what he thinks about transcendentalism. And I almost wish there was more of it in the card counter. Um, I think the only real place where it's kind of notable is like the ending shot of Tiffany Haddish and Oscar Isaac's like fingers on the glass for a really long time. Um, oh, that's
0: such a such a beautiful shot.
1: It's a really beautiful shot. My only problem with it is that you can tell that it's slowed down. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It, it, I, I thought that, uh, the projection had fucked something up at first until the credits started.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hope to see something that is, I hope to see from him, something from him that's, like, kind of uncritically and, like, unafraid to be, like, oh you know, like, Yasujiro Ozu fan art, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. Because... There's elements of this that are like, and and I think that's kind of a, something that gets a little lost in translation. Like at a certain point, you have to make a movie that's marketable, right? You have to make a movie that people are gonna want to fucking watch. But I want to see the movie that Paul wants to watch. You know what I mean?
0: Mm, no, yeah, I definitely get it. You, you want to see what could Paul's Trader make completely outside the studio system? Yeah, like if he was completely given free reign. To just make any kind of movie he wants.
1: Yeah, and I I don't want to say that this isn't that, um, but I more just like I don't know I, I I you
0: can you can feel the invisible hand of the market on his shoulder.
1: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent, and and I think that like the places where Card Counter sags is in the style department, where for example, like First Reformed is like really 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 strong throughout um whereas card counter has like really and some really interesting set pieces but it but uh and like if you're really paying attention you can tell the sort of mise-en-scene of card counter is like something that's more studied or whatever uh but if you're not paying attention it can kind of come across as like a normal movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) and the last thing i want from paul is a normal movie i want i want more mishima i want more bullshit i want more fan art you know just him him kind of in his
0: element yeah no i think that's i think that's fair i think that's it is always interesting to think about what a director could be doing if they were allowed to sort of do what they do more mm mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's sort of the big struggle of art is, you know, producing it outside of the market structure, even even if you are a director who, especially if you are a director who historically has made stuff within that. Uh, it, is, it is always kind of weird to consider, you know, like how David Lynch kind of d- was in the market structure and then like kind of got out of it. Like, by by just making a bunch of flops that people hated and then now loved, and then it came <laughs> back around to him getting to make Twin Peaks Season 3, which is, like, 13 hours of just him being allowed to do whatever the fuck he wanted to do.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: With, like, a definitely, like, a way higher budget than he was used to having.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I want to
0: see Paul Schrader's Twin Peaks season 3 is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I want to see I want to see Taxi Driver 2. Yeah. I want you know what what happened to Travis after that whole situation? Where where did he head off to?
0: It could be about Travis's son. Uh <laughs> Travis touched down. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and, it's, and it's it's Paul Schrader presents No More Heroes.
1: Uh I oh god! What if Paul made a video game?
0: Oh man, a, a Paul Strader like like brought on to like do the script work for a video game would be so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I think if he had the right crew that he was working with, I think you could actually get something really good out of that.
1: Yeah, a video game about like a like retired. Stunt actor who was like an underground fighter or whatever, and he has to work with like some greenhorn, like programmer who is working like eighty-hour weeks. Paul, my email, Baru with six O's, yeah. <laughs> two R's at gmail
0: I could, I could have the pitch for you on your desk by the by the end of the month. I, I have can have
1: it. On. <laughs> I, I'll listen. I'm a fast writer. I can just, I can sit in front of the keyboard. I, you, you know how it is. We in this house we tentatively, uh hesitantly support Paul Schrader's.
0: <laughs> we, we it's not so much a stand, so much as like, yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Facebook post about how you keep getting crushes on lesbians <laughs> or actresses. Oh God, don't I know it, Paul? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think we're at a, we're at about time. Um. There's some uh, K cups in the lobby if you would like any.
1: Oh yeah, I, I I mean, do you have any any decaf or like, I don't know. Tea?
0: Um, I mean, I'll be honest. The the the, the there's probably like maybe five percent caffeine of like a regular cup of coffee in those things. I'm pretty sure they're just like free dries flavored dirt.
1: <laughs> well, I you know, I'll I'll drink the sludge. I yeah. Okay. All right.
0: Oh, get home safe.
1: (sighs) Oh, (laughs) man. I'll do my best.